This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, SIBO prepares global management, FTX pushes real-time clearing, NSE plan a bullion exchange, and Sovmax is the subriquet for LME. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 136. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business and daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Over in India, a court has slammed the CBI, that's the equivalent of the FBI in India, for their tardy progress in the National Stock Exchange of India holy hoax probe. Nonetheless, Anand Subramanian and Chitra Ramkrishna are in custody. I doubt there are any connecting cells in Indian prisons. Meanwhile, CBI judge Sanjeev Agarwal of Rice Avenue Court, hearing the National Stock Exchange Colo scam case, took an adverse view of the matter, asking who will invest in India with scams like this. Bravo, Judge Agarwal, we say. The problem remains that NSEL is a festering mess, let alone the holy hoax at one-time poster child of Indian bourses, the entirely unrelated NSE. Meanwhile, outgoing NSE, MD and CEO Vikram Limay was at pains to urge an IPO aimed at offering liquidity to shareholders and not for raising money for capital requirements, still coming for NSE. Coming soon. There was a bit of crackdown on stock tips as well. On social media, SEBI conducted a series of search operations and arrested a vast multitude of people who've been passing stock tips through WhatsApp, Telegram and the like. Meanwhile, the nickel market oscillation at the London Metals Exchange has been much discussed throughout the media in the course of the last week. It can be surmised in one sentence. When markets are open, not everybody is happy. But when markets are forcibly closed or cancelled, absolutely nobody is happy. Such is the tale of Nickel, where the man we hadn't heard of until last week, running the company nobody knew about in a city nobody remembers hearing of, has managed to upend an entire market and possibly take the reputation of a major global exchange with it. Moreover, the Chinese company in question doesn't seem to even produce the right quality of raw nickel to deliver. Did I follow that correctly? I fear so. Nevertheless, a spot of toy pram exit manoeuvring has been taking place, as it seems. Some hedge funds, at least, have been pondering their options to ensure they get their own way, even when what occurred was a disorderly market broken by LME within its rules. Albeit, it has to be said, in a catastrophically cack-handed manner, given the extent of the trade breaking, which was vast in both time and deal size. One hedgey has apparently resorted to calling the LME the Soviet Metals Exchange. Now, Sovmex, that does have a certain ring to it. Anyway, it's back to tin and copper and, well, the rich tapestry of history at the LME, which is apparently once again about to disappear from view, as previously prophesied umpteen times in the past. 
results this week. OTC markets group, the people behind originally the pink sheets and more. Not only have they cleaned up their act in recent years in terms of regulatory oversight, but they've also hugely cleaned up their act in terms of profits. Growth revenues for 2021 up 45%. Q4 growth revenues up 32%. A dividend increase of 18 cents per share, which contrasts elegantly with the absolute worst performer in the field of the year. TP ICAP Group profits down 81% over the course of the year. Yes, they might have managed to find some revenue numbers that had squeaked up a bit, but to describe the wannabe penny stock TP ICAP as clearly marooned in management mediocrity may be a generous reading of the ongoing train wreck of value destruction, which has been consistently the TP ICAP C-suite approach for many years. Even mediocrity would be a positive in this sense. There's a parallel universe inhabited by TPI cap within market structure. Achievements with the company fast approaching penny stock status as profits drop over 80% are simply not achievements that should be remotely lauded. It's time for a reality check over at TPI cap. New markets, the government of Rio de Janeiro and Nasdaq will create a stock exchange to negotiate carbon credits and sustainable assets. Fascinating news in Brazilian green markets there, powered by Nasdaq. Mark Lohr and Alex Rodriguez, who are apparently sports people in America, co-founded a new sports stock market. It's all the rage only 20-odd years after PLY was one of the co-founders of Intrade Trade Sports. Cannabis Stock Exchange is launching in Europe, promising clearer labels for the booming CBD market. The Cannabis Stock Exchange is based in Geneva in Switzerland. And finally this week in India, the National Stock Exchange and the Indian Bullion and Jewellers Association, which represents industry members and the world's second largest consumer of the precious metal, are planning an exchange for spot gold. Deal news this week, the Aquas Stock Exchange have announced an intention to dual list on their own Aquas Exchange growth market. Meanwhile, Mercari Exchange of Australia, they just hosted a wonderfully exciting party last evening at the Boca Raton conference from the FIA in Boca Raton in Florida, which we were delighted to attend. They announced the completion of their Series A fundraising to expedite development of a crypto asset offering, including derivatives as part of the FEX exchange and Mercariat's crypto derivatives arm. The Australian Tier 1 exchange closed a funding round to enable it to further expand its current activities and develop new institutional product solutions, including crypto assets and much more besides. Fabulous series of investors therein, led by, amongst others, the Digital Currency Group, a leading investor in the field, led by CME alumni Rumi Morales. If you'd like to stay up to date with all of the exciting developments in the world of cryptocurrency and how that can affect your future, pick up a copy of Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Future of Finance and Fintech by myself, Patrick L. Young. Published by DV Books, available worldwide, distribution by Ingram. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive through the snail mail, don't forget to check out our live stream. This week we had a spectacular show with Trabu Bland. He is the master of ICE Futures, the boss of all of the futures markets within the Intercontinental Exchange Empire. That you can find on YouTube. Go find the channel IPOVID and you can find it as IPO-VID. 
the live stream Master of Ice Futures along with our others in the series. Coming next week we've got The Alphabet of Crowdfunding with Eaton Butler of Dalmore. You can check in for that at 6pm London time which for this week only due to curvature of the earth issues and lack of is the master agreement in terms of the timing of changes to the clock for summertime and wintertime is going to be 2pm New York time. Cryptoland this week, a Binance are plotting an M&A spree as regulators scrutinise the crypto trading unit. They are looking to push into new markets and presumably acquire themselves some regulation as they go along. Meanwhile, Coinbase have stepped towards what they call zero-fee trading, but it actually involves a subscription that's in beta for certain parties. And speaking of licenses, Binance have obtained a third money transmitter license in the United States of America. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 US per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Product news this week. The Saudi Exchange, they're going to allow single stock futures from the next quarter. As a very early advocate of single stock futures, indeed I even wrote a book on it way back when. Working with early Western adopters, Hong Kong exchanges had left the feed. That was actually the Hong Kong Futures Exchange before the HKEX was even born. I was delighted to work with Life in Montreal back in the day, starting the development of single stock futures, and I am ecstatic to see Tadawul joining the single stock future fraternity. London Stock Exchange Group, they're launching themselves into global private markets. Interesting to see how that goes, but presumably it's more than anything. Akin to others in the field who are major international stock markets, going to get a better pipeline of new issues happening on London's somewhat beleaguered IPO market. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Bourse bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 US per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. Technology news this week, Vermiculus, who of course we saw Tarana Dariati, the CEO of Vermiculus Technology, joined us for the IPO vid live stream just a few months back. You can catch that on YouTube, IPO-vid. Vermiculus, they're collaborating with Miami International Holdings to deploy their microservices-based clearing solution to the Minneapolis Grain Exchange. Excellent news for Vermiculus and MIAX and Minneapolis Grain Exchange. India's National Stock Exchange, they're planning to move their data center. That's after the Colo Holy Hoax fiasco. This is very exciting news. It's also rather interesting to see them taking it out of their own premises. Will there also be a series of special mystic tech gurus employed to ensure a harmonious move, I wonder? 
I visited the National Stock Exchange of India data room just before it was fully equipped in the then brand spanking new headquarters, and it's a vast piece of financial real estate. To move the data centre off-premises represents a seismic effort to close the colo crisis by the outgoing CEO Vikram LeMay, who has, through no fault of his own, seen his term of office being overshadowed by the festering colo affair. Last this week in technology, the UK government's Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, they've adopted IceConnect for analysis of the UK emissions programme. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Crowdfunding news this week. Funding Circle, one of the earliest people in retail peer-to-peer lending, have exited. Retail peer-to-peer lending permanently closing the business two years after they paused lending at the onset of the COVID pandemic. Meanwhile, in Oman, in the Middle East, they have approved the first license for crowdfunding platforms after the rules were changed to enable crowdfunding to take place. In regulation, the UK government have set out plans for a new prospectus regime. See earlier, the move towards the LSEG launching a private stock market. That is, of course, all part of a huge effort to try and make Brexit Britain an epicentre of a new global listings bonanza. The Bitcoin price, that surged, well, briefly it surged at least, on Joe Biden's crypto executive order. The White House was laying out its rules or ground rules for digital assets. The executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets was something that got the crypto kiddies all very excited. But it struck me as, well, a touch millennial behaviour, as the real politique to date has been that Gary Gensler was lecturing on all this stuff and then has suddenly turned gamekeeper with some, albeit to date fairly muted, frenzy. Likewise, the howling lefties of the Brezhnev regime are diehard old Politburo reactionaries like Focahontas and the Squad et al. This is likely to be a gentle smothering of crypto with false promises, delays, obfuscations and confusing signals backed up by zero delivery. In other words, precisely the same as every other aspect of the currently incapable, grown-up, sick, government of gormless Ivy Leaguers and fellow travellers. I'm all for regulation, and particularly of cryptocurrency. However, it's difficult to be overly optimistic given the morass of halfwits, sorry, grown-up halfwits, to use the term smugly appended to their cabinet of incompetence without a scintilla of justification. Presumably Joe Brezhnev feels comfortable with cryptocurrency as there are no pesky foreign leaders involved to ignore his phone calls. FTX, they launched the most incredible regulatory announcement of the week. They're seeking the US blessing for clearing margin-based retail trades. There's some great things to unpick here. For one, the direct access to exchanges was always inevitable when I wrote Capital Market Revolution 22 years ago. Albeit the status quo of fintech development has been reminiscent of seeing brokers within the famous Goldie Hawn, Rowan and Martin's laugh-in line, and the meek shall inherit the earth. The trouble is the rich keep contesting the will. Thus, the brokers have always seen their role as God-given. Applying margin and bringing in some of the groovy insta-mark-to-market of the crypto derivatives business may cause a dose of apoplexy in more established CCP towers, but there is no reason why this cannot work, albeit the ongoing sensitivity to different sizes of position is key. Thus, ideal for retail, good for a holistic market, well, I think we have to think again. However, forgetting the dimes, did anybody say nickel? Well, anyway, 
Those CCP issues aside, given FTX is talking about exclusively retail flow, even allowing for the randomly patchy liquidity of crypto, albeit what do we actually do with the whales of the crypto market in the middle of this mix? This is a terrific idea and outline, albeit one that has to be tested and challenged, and I expect to write to support it after a spot of due reflection and reading up. Cyprus's regulator, they are too slow to act, says the European Union watchdog ESMA. That might cause a little bit of a concern for FTX because their world domination strategy. Is it well considered that their European Union regulation has just been announced as being in Cyprus? Career paths this week. The SIBO Global Markets, they've announced their international senior leadership changes. David Huizen has been promoted from EVP at SIBO and President for Europe and Asia Pacific to become President of SIBO Global Markets, effective from the middle of May. Adi Cordell, currently the SVP and President of SIBO Netherlands, that's their options market initiative, of course, he was looking after, he's going to become President of Asia Pacific and is going to be relocating to the region in the fourth quarter of 2020. Nathan Tiefenbrunn, currently SVP and Head of European Equities, is going to step up to David Huysen's old role as President in Europe. I must admit I'm really gutted to see that Addy, by the looks of it, isn't the next James Bond. But Australia and Asia as a whole will doubtless be delighted to encounter his suave presence. It's a seriously interesting shake-up, on the other hand, for the internationalisation of SIBO away from its parochial Chicago roots. David Huysen deserves his presidential trappings, while Addy will be a terrific Asia-Pacific president, and Nathan is the ideal choice to run the equity-centric European business. With the footprint of SIBO having shifted globally, the internationalisation of management has a significant London feel to it. Congratulations to all, as the good folks of SIBO have added some key DNA to their international management, with a global president for David, Nathan and indeed Adi, as respectively the European and Asia-Pacific presidents. Finally this week in Career Paths News, two little snippets. BMLL, the people with the 15 plus petabike data lake, they have announced that they're moving their lake so it now stretches across the Atlantic with the appointment of Tim Baker as senior advisor based in New York. Tim has over 30 years experience from IEX, UBS, Refinitiv and Thomson Reuters and will be responsible for growing BMLL's client base in the United States of America, developing and implementing the company's growth strategy in the region. Exciting news all round. Finally, a great tribute to a long-standing member of the parish who's now retired, former SIBO CEO Bill Brodsky, recently announced a foreign American federal government position. He's been given one of this year's Order of Lincoln Gongs by Governor Pritzker in Illinois. In these war-troubled times, I was at least delighted to see one spot of good news this week in Big World. When I spotted on Passant from that major league news source, the Jamaica Observer, which is a bit like the New York Times, except accurate, the headline ran, Pirate Attacks were at a 27-year low in 2021, with a total of 132 incidents of piracy and armed robbery reported worldwide. That's the lowest recorded figure since 1994, according to the International Maritime Bureau in its annual report. On the other hand, mixed against that was the scary post-COVID stat. Well, at least most of the world's going post COVID, it seems in China and Hong Kong, they want to have zero COVID, which is an entirely different thing, and therefore they're still having massive outbreaks and problems. The scary COVID stat from Hong Kong, which, like the mainland of China, is seeking to achieve zero COVID, was the latest lockdown has meant that their wonderful flag-carrying airline, Cathay Pacific, expect to fly only 2% of normal passenger capacity this year as Hong Kong remains broadly sealed off as I record this podcast. 
And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, publisher of the Exchange Invest podcast, the Exchange Invest newsletter, and much else besides, including IPO vid. And of course, I've got a day job where I happen to build exchanges around the world. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.